Salutations, gentle people. Welcome to episode two. This is the Slixy Snailcast's own Games and Garbage. We'll be starting with our first segment, Game Hyperview, hosted by Luciana. This is Game Hyperview, and the games we're going to be talking about today is both Payday 3, coming out September 21st, and, and Marvel Spider-Man 2, coming out October 20th. Payday 3 will be cross-played throughout all consoles, platforms, whatever. And Marvel Spider-Man 2 will be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Both games will have different mechanics from the original games that they're going based off of, as such as Payday 3 will be basically a spin-off of the original Payday 2, going off from the story that it left off from. And Spider-Man 2 will also continue off of the last game, <laughs> along with adding more mechanics from traveling across the whole city and doubling the expansion of the city. So you said Spider-Man 2 is coming out in uh, October. When's Payday 3 coming out? In September 21st. All right, we're getting a lot of new games in these next two months here. Mm-hmm. Do you think just based off what you're hearing that you'd want to actually invest in buying the game? Uh, I haven't played Payday 2 or the original Spider-Man game for that matter, but I have considered playing Payday, and I might buy it. I'm going to have to do more research in that regard. But it looks like we've got an eventful next few months here uh, with uh, these new games coming out. And I, I'm pretty excited to see what people have to say. Yeah. They've, they've been talking about so much about these games for so long that they've been delayed twice each. That's why Marvel Spider-Man was originally supposed to be released. But due to reviews from people that did not like certain things in the game from the trailer, they delayed it another like two months afterwards. Yeah. And then, so there's a lot of hype for this. Yeah, there's a lot of hype for these games. <laughs> so, what, you, what you're going to talk about. Yeah, but hang on. In regards to Payday 3, I really like uh, sequels to games that actual, that uh, resume the stories established by the previous games. Uh, in, in Doom Eternal, they connect the Doom guy you play as to the, to the Doom guy from the very first Doom. And that was an incredibly ambitious move, and I... Uh, it was an incredibly ambitious move and some great and some great fan service. It's so so the Doom Guy is a great character and I'm gonna and now I'm gonna move on to what I'm gonna say. My name is Roman and welcome to the dub. This this is the segment for older and indie games. Ultra Kill is a critically acclaimed first person shooter released to Steam as early access in September of twenty twenty. However, it is still in early access and is actively developed to this day. Well, aside from Ultra Kill's Steam store page, Ultra Kill is 68,665 Steam customer reviews, and as of saying this, 97% of them are positive, Dang. which is absolutely <laughs> staggering. And for an older game, and Team Fortress 2 is a team class-based shooter, and even though Team TF2 is a AAA game, it's very old, with nine 900,000. 88,756 Steam customer reviews released in October of 2007 with a mostly positive reception. It is a considerably popular game with hundreds of, at least hundreds of, more than that, thousands of servers full in any given time. And there are many controversial topics among the community, uh, as one could argue this game is not aged very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know there's still a lot of talk about TF2 in that in this case, yeah. that I've heard so much about the game still being so popular, as well as being a lot of memes around going around. Oh, yeah. TF2 <laughs> is a community with a history of memes, a whole lot of them. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Based off all of the like social medias and like memes and stuff that I've been seeing, 
and it's a lot. Yeah, and besides the memes, there are a lot of controversial topics surrounding the game and its balance itself. In in my opinion, TF2 is a good game at its core, but I feel like there are some questionable balance decisions and uh, a few things that just kind of come with age. So the game is the game is like notorious for being completely flooded with cheaters and straight up AI players that just cheat and flood casual servers and. But a lot of people still play on casual because community servers are often full of uh, tryhards and so-called sweats, people <laughs> who've spent, who, who invest a lot of time and effort into the game, and people don't like getting destroyed in TF2. So people still play on casual despite the presence of cheers. And so why do you think TF2 is still popular in spite of all this? Well, I just feel like it's just a big, a big game that a lot of people can actually come together and actually play a lot. And then, yeah. It's yeah. Kind of just... So, yeah, the game is good at its core. The Its choice of taunts are incredible. The The team taunts, like, there is a... In the TF2 timeline, there is a pre-Conga era and a post-Conga era where the Conga taunt was added to the game. The very first team taunt where you can join people taunting and... And with it came many videos of absolutely massive conga lines and incredible moments shared with people. And this, this game just has a really tight community, and I think that's one of the reasons this game is, like, immortal. Yeah, I think that's the same for a lot of other indie games, too, where, like, after a while, they just start coming back to the game, even, af- even after so many years, that they just enjoy the game of how it was originally when they first played it. So they just immediately just fall in love with the game. They just want to go back and then yeah. play what they originally played. It also has a a wonderful art style and great silhouette design. Trying to trying to hide characters by only revealing their silhouettes, ones from TF2, is like uh, covering your face with your hands. <laughs> it's like covering your face with a hand so uh, with like a toddler. You can't you can't hide it from you can't hide it from people. Yeah. It's like putting your hands in front of it, like putting your hands in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that so TF2 is really a really good art style and silhouette design on top of all that. And I'd say TF2 is pretty great, even though often the community is toxic and there are a lot of things that have come with age, uh, especially a lot of problems surrounding one of the classes, the pyro. People. The, the, the pyro is considered one of the weaker classes in the game, but people utterly despise him. And the reason they hate Pyro's gameplay is because his primary weapon is a flamethrower. It's extremely easy to aim, and you can do good damage with minimal effort. And people really don't appreciate that. Yeah, and I feel like that t- that toxicity goes on to a lot of other games too. These, yeah. there's too many people that complain about others being sweats and stuff like that. Yeah, so everyone's complaining about people either being. Uh, being trash at the game or sweats and nobody's happy in modern tf2 nobody is happy with what what the game looks like especially when people see others with like many hours already into the game even though they're not like really good at it as they're supposedly supposed to be yeah and yeah people are like they 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 often like take it too seriously they get like seriously invested in casual games and people will just ruin the experience for people yeah and so yeah, TF2, one could argue it's in a pretty bad state right now. <laughs> That's about it. Games and garbage. 
is going to go for the disposal today. And before we go, I'd, I'd like to remember our fallen host, Zen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll re- we remember you. And now it's time for our associates that things are getting dicey. Gabriel, Hazel, and Will to take the spotlight. Thank you so much to Games and Garbage for introducing us. Uh, my name is Will. I'm Hazel. And I'm Gabriel. And welcome to Things Are Getting Dicey. Where we talk anything and everything D&D. Episode 2, Making a Character. In today's episode, we will be covering how to make a character. The very first thing you need to do when making a character is get a character sheet. (laughs) The second thing you need to do is pick out a race because a lot of the details of your character will be dependent on the race and the class. The races are pretty standard fantasy stuff like goblins and gnomes and elves and other weird ones that you've probably not heard of like Tieflings, tabaxis, dragonborn. Dragonborn. Gabriel, what kind of fantasy race do you want for your character? Um, a goblin. Okay, we got the race down. Um, next we're doing class. In D&D, there are two primary categories in regards to classes. We discussed this a little bit last time, but those are magic users non-magic users. Mm. Examples of a magic user could be a bard who uses their instrument to create magic, or a warlock who gets powers from another worldly patron patron through a deal of sorts, or um, sorcerers who use their inherent magical blood. Magical. Magical, magical blood to magic. Non-magic users would be people like rogues or monks. Monkey. Gabriel, would you like a fighting class or a magic class? Magic. Oh, what yeah. kind of magic class do you want? Like a bard or a warlock or a sorcerer or an old whimsical wizard living atop his tower? A wizard. So now we have your race and class down. Let's talk about alignment. Deity alignment is essentially attempting to summarize what is your character's moral code, right? You... Sorry. 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 You've probably heard of it in a meme format or something. Um, examples such as chaotic neutral, chaotic good, lawful evil, lawful good, etc. So let's start. Is your character good, neutral, or evil? Neutral. Neutral. And is your character chaotic, lawful, or neutral? Or neutral. Neutral. Now we move on to the hardest step. Gabriel, what is your character's name gonna be? Garlic bread. Garlic bread! All right, let's move on to hit points and armor class for Garlic Bread the Goblin Wizard. It does have a nice ring to it. That's such a goblin name. Hit points and armor class are the first thing in D&D that you need to... Roll for it. 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 Yeah! Roll for it. Anyway, um, uh, hit points are just like video game HP. How much health does your character have? Let's say a big, scary, mean, brewski troll punches your character. Um, their hit points go down. But let's say your character eats a yummy, delicious, magical treat their hit points go up. Or if they sleep. Or if they sleep. Hit points are random, and you need to roll for them. What um, dice do you need to roll for hit points? I don't actually remember. Um, a four by four. We should have researched this before. Hang on. Siri, 
What dice do you use to roll for hit points? I didn't get that. Oh. Could you try again? Okay, wizard is d6. D6. D6, and it should be 3d6, right? Because it's a... Because it's a... Because it's a... Because it's... Gabriel, a, would you like to do the honors of rolling the dice? Sure. That will be a four, a... That's a one, right? Yeah. Yeah. A one and another four. So you have... Nine points! Next, we're rolling for stats. This is like stuff you're good at, Gabriel. What are you good at, Gabriel? What is garlic bread good at? Um... Oh, Papa, you don't know! That's why we're gonna roll for them! Um, so let's start by rolling. The numbers we rolled are 12, 15, 12, 9, 14, and 11. Woohoo! Those are pretty sad stats, honestly. Let's start with your lowest stat. Nine. What do you want your nine to be? Um. Would you rather have a nine in strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma? Generally, for wizards, you would like um, to focus on... Wisdom and charisma. Oh, yeah, that's true. Charisma? Yeah. Oh. Which one do you want your lowest stat to be? Um, wisdom. <laughs> oh, no. You got it. <laughs> this is really good build for a wizard. Uh, 11. What do you want it to be? Strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, or charisma? Um, intelligence. Okay, that's an 11. Oh, intelligence. Okay, moving on to one of your 12s. You have two 12s. Would you rather have a 12 in strength, dexterity, constitution, or charisma? Strength. Yeah. 12 in strength. Your second 12, would you rather have it in dexterity, constitution, or charisma? Dexterity. Okay. And lastly, onto your uh, slightly bigger numbers now, you got 14. Where do you want that? Charisma or constitution? Um, charisma. Okay. All right, and that puts your best stat, your 15, in your constitution. This is the end of the part one of our making character sheets, um, because we're totally out of time. And we will be passing the mic over to My Music Moment with our wonderful friend. Thank you, D&D. I'm Henry, and this is My Music Moment with Arturo and Olivia. Our, our big question for today is, what genre of music is the best? What do you guys think is the best genre of music? Most. I listen to Lil Peep the most. And why do you like listening to his genre? Because it's very sad. I like, I like his voice. Yeah, he's got an interesting voice. Okay. How has Lil Peep's music affected you or who you are? His music makes me sad sometimes, but it also helps me get through whatever I'm going through. I don't know, I listen to him like every day. He's on every single one of my playlists, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. I used to listen to him a lot, but... What, did you mature or something? Oh yeah, probably. What other artists similar to Lil Peep do you listen to? Um, I listen to Melanie Martinez. Have you heard of her? Yeah, she made the something about birthday party, being yeah. alone at her birthday party. Yeah, that's called Pity Party. Um, pity party. Anyways, <laughs> I listen to Alec Benjamin and Suicide Boys. I don't know. They're kind of similar to Lil Peep, I guess. Yeah, a little Some bit. Arturo, what is your favorite genre of music? Well, my favorite genre of music is usually, I like a fast beat type of music, like, in a genre it would kind of be like rap, but it's, yeah. it's kind of different. I really like a fast beat type of music since it like keeps me motivated, it helps me stay 
focused. It helps me, like, mentally too, but yeah. it's just, I really like how music can help you at any time when you really are in stress. Yeah, music's pretty common sometimes. Uh, really what, what's your favorite, uh, like, rapper? My favorite rapper <laughs> would probably be Push Iesty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you like any, like, 90s rap or, like, just newer ones mostly? I like I like older rap. I yeah. really like older rap. It's, like, it's different since it's slow beats. Yeah. But it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. But I really like yeah. older rap. I think the slower ones are kind of more calming sometimes. They are. Like, They're way more okay. calming. You think you like Tupac or Biggie more? <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with Tupac. I yeah. really like him. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that one. <laughs> Biggie's pretty good though. Biggie, he's pretty good. Now, Henry, what genre of music is the best? Um, like my favorite, I like rock a lot, but like my favorite like genre of rock would probably be like grunge and it's like called post hardcore. It's it's pretty much the same thing as grunge, but like it's like Smashing Pumpkins and like Nirvana. Oh, so it's yeah. like a lot of a lot of action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. How has the genre affected you or where you are right now? Um, I mean, it kind of just, sometimes it's common, but some of it's like aggressive. <laughs> and I mean, it's sometimes it's fun to listen to the aggressive music, but a lot of it, it's too, too much. much, too much. <laughs> but then when you get to the calmer stuff, it makes you feel good. Grunge kind of started in like the early 90s and mid 80s. And like the, the bands who kind of started it out were uh, Soundgarden. They they were like starting up the grunge sound and the Melvins were like the really first ones who made it. But those aren't my favorites. My favorites are probably like Alice in Chains and uh, Smashing Pumpkins. How has culture affected what genre you really listen to? Well, it's kind of like just the people around me like influence my music taste. Like my dad listens to kind of like kind of similar stuff and he put me on a few of the artists that I like a lot. But it's mostly just all the people around me, and like my friends listen to that too. And like, I don't know, it's, it's just mostly like the people around you that kind of help you define your music taste. So when was the first time you actually started getting into your rock music? Um, so a while ago I used to listen to like a lot of rap. And I mean, I still listen to it a little bit, but like a couple years ago, when uh, like a little after COVID, I started listening to rock more. And it, I don't know, I just saw, I just heard it a lot more from the people around me. So I started listening to that a lot. How has, uh, like, the genres you listen to and the artists you listen to affected the way you write poetry and read poetry? Well, I guess when I listen to music, I just kind of get inspired to, I don't know, create a song. Something that I could sing, like, personally to myself. (laughs) And, um... I do that by creating like a poem and then I change it up, make it longer, make it have like, I guess, a flow. Like some rhythm into that? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's how I make songs. Yeah. Do you like and write any, uh, like, do you just write the lyrics or do you like try and make make the instruments and music um, in the background? Yeah, I have band lab for oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's free and I don't know, I guess it's a good app to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually have um, Bandlab too. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, see, so I don't feel that embarrassed anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I do definitely 
make instrumental like mm-hmm. background for my poems. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Uh, how has uh, the culture around you affected what music you chose to listen to and what your parents listen to and people around you listen to? My dad, he listens to like old rap. Yeah. So I guess I kind of went from that and then I met a person who liked more emo-ish music <laughs> and um, then I just kind of those two kind of mixed and I ended up yeah. finding like some emo rap some emo rap yeah, yeah. <laughs> Henry do you like make your own music uh yeah I I write a lot of things on my guitar a lot like at home I'm just playing my guitar a ton and I make I make a lot of stuff and some of it's not very good but sometimes they make good stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm in a band. You're in a band? Yeah. How's that? <laughs> um, we haven't really played any shows yet, and we've only got like two songs, but we're, we're getting there. We've like written a few, but I wrote the start of like every song we made. Mm. And then I just get my bandmates to like add on to it so we can make, make something that like. How many songs do you think you'll need until you like can perform? Um, I was thinking like at least five and then maybe a few cover songs so we could have enough to perform a lot. But we're we're getting we're going kinda slow. We don't practice very often. Um <laughs> my brother he makes his own music and oh, yeah. he performs them with like other bigger artists I guess. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And now on to Wes Morelli and Isaac for Football Frenzy. All right, what's going on, Slixie Snails? Welcome back to the Football Frenzy. This week's podcast topic is going to be football. Okay, let's get straight into it. Isaac, who's your favorite player? My favorite player is going to have to be Patrick Mahomes, just because he has like the best mindset possible. And he also played baseball, and my favorite sport is baseball. Yet again, he has a great mindset, and he's insane in baseball and football. Like, I think he's going to be the next go in football. Yeah, fair enough. If that not, he already is. All right. And then what is your favorite team and why? My favorite team is the Seahawks just because I grew up liking them. I don't know. I like their logo, so I like the Seahawks. That's why. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Morelli, who is your favorite player? I would say my favorite player is Joe Burrow because, like Isaac said, he has a good mindset, he's talented, and he went to the Super Bowl in the last three years. Yeah, and then what is your favorite team? My favorite team is the Raiders because they got some really talented players in the team. And I also really like Devontae Adams because he's a good player. Bro, West, I actually have a question for you. Uh, who do you think the worst NFL team is? Probably the worst team is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they got the lowest regular season loss percentage. I also think that their players aren't the best. They just don't have very good team coordination. It's just overall really not a great team. And then same question right back at you. What do you think the worst team is? Uh, I think the worst team is the Arizona Cardinals just because they have uh, Midget as a quarterback. He is one of the worst uh, quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. He doesn't cooperate with the team. He, th- I think he picks all his plays for Madden. That's why I think Arizona Cardinals are the worst team. And then same question to you, Morelli. What team do you think is the worst right now? I think the New England 
pa Patriots because um, ever since they lost Tom Brady, they, they haven't been good. I agree. Yeah, that makes sense. Isaac, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I think who's going to win the Super Bowl this year, this is kind of a hot take, but the Seattle Seahawks because they have Geno Smith, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Those are the best players in the NFL, I personally think. Same to you, Wes. Who do you think? I think, personally, it's going to be the Dolphins because super great team chemistry, super solid team, one of the best out there, and I think they definitely have a chance to win the whole thing. I kind of disagree. I think Tua's going to get another concussion, and I think they're not going to have another QB like to, as good as Tua, so that's why I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think you kind of have a point, but honestly, I feel like the likelihood of Tua getting another concussion is really low. And as long as he can just, like, manage to not do that, it's going to be just fine. Yeah, but if he gets sacked and his head hits the ground, it's an easy concussion because he's already had serious concussions. I guess that's true. Fair enough. All right, Morelli, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I think the Bengals because they have Joe Burrow and he's a really good quarterback. All right, moving on, what do you think about football in general, you guys? Because me personally, I really love it. It's like pretty much one of the only sports that I actually play very often. Uh, I think it's fun, and I really, I just enjoy every single part of it. So what do you think? I think football is a super cool sport, especially on Sundays when you don't have anything to do. You just watch some football, your favorite team, and football is a great way to meet new friends, and I think... NFL as like a sport, I think it's going places, and I also think football is gonna go places. Like I think it's gonna go way bigger than it already is. Really? Me personally, I don't really watch football. I I really don't know anything about football. It's not like the sport I would usually go to like watch for fun. But like I feel like sometimes it could be interesting and entertaining, which is not for me. Yeah. No, What's your enough. favorite sport, Really? Um, soccer. That's nice. like the only sport I like nice. watching. Nice. Yeah. All right. And then one final question to just kind of wrap things up and maybe propel some more sports in the future for Slixy. What do you guys think about maybe getting a Slixy football team? And if not a football team, just like a sports team in general. Because me personally, I really love playing sports, obviously. And I think that Slixie could really benefit from having a sports team, even if it was just football, just literally any sports team. So what do you guys think? Uh, I think it'd either be football or basketball, because not a lot of kids here look like they play sports. But I think the sports that would be played, I think a lot of kids would play football and basketball. So I think it'd be a great idea to yeah. get a sports team here because they don't have any sports teams here or yeah. even a soccer team because I think a lot of kids would sign up for soccer as well. Yeah, and then do you think that that might motivate some people to start playing some sports? Yeah, if they see like their friends playing, I think that might make them like play more. Yeah, and then Morelli, what do you think about maybe getting a Slixie sports team? Uh, Yeah, I think it would be a good idea because it would give a lot of kids like opportunities like when they don't have anything to do like outside of school, they can join a sport for fun. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be super competitive. Like, I'm sure it would be like a 1A school. We don't have that many kids. Yeah. So we wouldn't be competing against the best people. And it's just for kids to have fun and learn a new sport if they've never played sport. That's why yeah. I think they should get a football or basketball team here. I think yeah. that would be a really good idea. Having sports in general, it's just, like, important. Just, like, being healthy with that is pretty important. Yeah, so I agree. I think that maybe it could be something that – everybody could think about and then if you want to maybe we could all talk to people about it and maybe get it going all right everybody that's gonna do it for this week's
football frenzy. Next week, we're going to come back with a whole new sport, whole new conversation. So make sure to tune in. All right, guys. With that being said, we're going to pass it on to the tech segment with Joaquin, Cole, Tonitin, and Xander. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to our tech segment today. Here we have Joaquin as the host and my co-host, Cole. And hey, uh, I'm Tonitin and Xander. And we have Xander, and today we're talking about ergonomics versus power in the consumer world. As a product example, I think the Apple Vision Pro, it brings a lot of debate because it sacrifices ergonomics for a lot of power. It needs a battery pack on the side of it, which can cause issues for the consumer. Yeah, like it's it's an auxiliary device that's connected through a cable. Exactly. And I, I just think that's really annoying. Like, do you really want to carry around this big battery in your back pocket and have this, like, wire slung over your shoulder? It's just very annoying. And <laughs> and it's very, it's not ergonomic. It's not friendly to the user. Like, obviously, they're prioritizing the power of the unit, like resolution, battery life, and speed. But also, are we willing to sacrifice that for comfortability, for the power, for the innovations that they're setting for the next generation? Because would you agree that it would be better to have a device that's less powerful, but is much more comfortable to wear, smaller, and more form-fitting? As an early adopter, I wouldn't, but as a consumer, I would. I feel like with consumers, if they want to get this on the augmented reality, consumer-based, then yes, we should have ergonomics because we don't want to be carrying around this big lug of goggles in your daily life. Maybe it will be set as a norm, but for now, it's... Definitely a little strange to see someone wearing big old goggles. Yeah, because I could see it in the short term working much better, but it, it feels more like a gimmick than something that will last a long time. Because for someone who wants to use their AR goggles for a long period of time, you know, like I feel like if it's big and uncomfortable, they'll just use it less and less over time until mm-hmm. they stop using it altogether. Why would they release the Apple Vision Pro, honestly? It's like kind of virtual yeah, reality kind reality. of. Yeah, extended reality, it's AR. Augmented reality, but extended reality is the one that they're broadcasting mostly because it's a mix of both, because you can set it so it like blocks your surroundings and it's virtual reality, or you can set it where it's like a camera shows you your reality. Yeah, like you're in the office or something like that. Gives you like a heads up display kind of in real life, yeah. Um, like that just makes it so you're like avoiding the world more often, especially like for those. It's the kids. opposite. So it's like with virtual reality, you're blocked off from the world mm-hmm. and you can't hear anything, you can't see anything. But with augmented reality, for example, like the Vision Pro with my MacBook, I could be looking at my MacBook and now I have three screens, but I can still see you three. So I'm oh, like okay. around, I can hear you guys, but I have like these three big displays of my like I have Word right here, I have Excel there. So it's like... You have YouTube right there. Exactly. We have YouTube right there. Listen to music. So it's like, it's a big broadcast. But at the same time, I have a question for you, Cole, is with that power, would you be willing to sacrifice ergonomics if it's in the comfort of your home? In in my home? In your home. Okay. Well, that's a different question. In my home, I would deal with a larger system Mm -hmm. in general, definitely. But when I'm out and about, you know, I definitely wouldn't. I think like... I'd feel self-conscious. I feel like I look stupid wearing these big <laughs> goggles on my face. Well, it's not like necessarily a goggle. It's just like they look like scuba goggles. They, they like, do, like actually, but they're not necessarily like goggles, but they're like 
kind of glasses. They're, I mean, but yeah, I mean, if you're they look like glasses, but just like some <laughs> future bullcrap kind but of like, thing. But if they like scuba goggles, and if you're at the beach, you can just relax at the beach, and people are like, yeah. oh, I guess they're just scuba diving. Just don't get water on them. Yeah, just don't get water on them. Yeah, <laughs> so just pretend, just pretend. You know? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to take a bath. This is what they look like. Yeah, they do look like scuba goggles, <laughs> but they don't yeah. like necessarily look like those big old yeah. bulky like. But but you see that like cable going down her shoulder, like it, it that thing is gonna yeah. get caught on things. It's gonna like oh, go it's over a battery your pack. So that's what we're talking oh, about. Really it's like it oh, adds that, more power. That makes more sense. But yeah. like it's you're gonna carry around a battery pack to get that power. It's got the same processor as my computer, and this is like way too much power. Yeah. So it's like necessarily stronger than an iPhone overall. Oh yeah, definitely. Like a hundred times more. Yeah. Very powerful chip. What if I had that kind of thing on my iPhone? Because it'd blow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. I I have I have some more to add to this. I have a family member who works as an industrial designer. What's that? An industrial designer is someone who designs products. As just an example, like if you're an industrial designer at Apple, you would design the phones, products, the watches, like you would um, be in charge of the physical structure the of them. Armor. Where buttons go, where plugs go, and stuff like that, and the shape. Okay, that makes um, way more sense. He's an industrial designer. Mm -hmm. He's had problems with upper management, particularly people who are unqualified to make design decisions are making the decisions instead. And I find that to be very bad for business and for creating good products because say you wanted to design an AR system, just like what we were talking about before, what do you want a big remote that is a bit uncomfortable to hold and like the goggles are heavier and then you have an auxiliary module that you have to carry around in your pocket that you can't interact with that aids in computer processing wirelessly. That seems like it would just not be very sustainable. Mm -hmm to someone who wants to use it long-term, especially if they want to use it uh, outside their home, walking around. I would personally prefer a less powerful AR system that is more comfortable and is lighter and less bulky. And that's fair. I I think it's very difficult to like tote that line because we have virtual reality. And with virtual reality, I think I would be 100% okay with like the extra power and carrying around a brick. But the augmented reality we have, it's ergonomics is way more important. And we're gonna take a short break, and we're here with Tanatsin talking about Voicaloids. <laughs> Voicaloids. <laughs> uh, yeah, Voicaloids, you know, the hit thing, or not really hit thing, they've been around for quite a while. Here's Tanatsin, what is a Vocaloid? Vocaloids are, uh, sing <laughs> Singa. Sigma. <laughs> Yeah, Tanatsin, what is a Vocaloid? Vocaloids are music synthesizers specifically for, you know, vocals, as in the name, Vocaloid. Mm -hmm. Basically, they take voice banks, which are pre-recorded samples of singers. Okay. Is it the singers singing, or is it more of like a monotone dialogue to synthesize? Um, it's more of them actually singing mm. in their, you know, singing voice because with most people, their singing voice and regular voice do sound different. Right, okay. Originally, there were only two Vocaloids available. Their initial release date in 2004, actually. And the two English Vocaloids were called Leon and Lola. Mm -hmm. But this later changed to Japanese Vocaloids called Meiko and Kaito. Those are the two original Vocaloids. 
you probably know about who Hatsune Miku is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long has Hatsune Miku been around for? Hatsune Miku was first created on August 31st, 2007, and Tadachi recently celebrated her 16th birthday. Oh, wow. Even though she's a virtual idol, she's still very popular with over 100,000 songs released worldwide. Not to mention, despite being a virtual idol, she does have live shows, and you may be wondering, how does one do a live show with a virtual idol? Holograms. Yeah, I've seen Hololive festivals and stuff, so I guess those are like a more modern interpretation of those and probably were inspired by Hatsune Miku. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Most of her concerts do sell out quite quickly, with some of her concerts being in LA, Taipei, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Tokyo. Uh. There are three major events. Hatsune Miku Magical Mirai, which is an anniversary concert. Winter Miku, which is another concert. It features a 3D model based on art from an art contest that the company Krypton does for its fans. And Miku Expo, which is the North American version of all the concerts. Vocalites are meant to be very versatile yeah. with professional musicians and even amateur musicians. Yeah. Using Vocaloids, so the, basically the only limit to Vocaloid is the user's own skill. There are many professional musicians that actually started their whole careers as Vocaloid producers. One example could be Supercell and Livetune as two music groups. And other singular musicians like Pseudo and Ado, mm-hmm. they, they both make Vocaloid music. Yeah, I've heard a lot of their music. Right. Is it mostly uh, Japanese music that uses Vocaloids? Yeah. Or is it ever in Western culture? It's mostly in Japan, yeah. Mostly in Japan. There are English Vocaloids, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One major example is Gumi. Gumi? G-U-M-I. Yeah. yeah. Not as popular as Hatsune Miku or, or the other Vocaloids. Yeah, still a very good one, though. I really love the idea of being able to make your own music with only headphones and a computer in your basement. Like, you don't need a microphone. You don't need voice coaching or to hire a vocalist. It's really good for people who want to make their own music, no holds barred. I just think it's a genius invention. One fun fact about Hatsune Miku is she was going to perform at Coachella 2020, but, you know, pandemic, so Mm. she wasn't able to perform. A lot of cool stuff could have happened in 2020 Um, that didn't, unfortunately. So, Joaquin, you've listened to some music that is very similar or uses synthesized voices like Vocaloid, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily Vocaloid, but it's more of a AI-generated version. I'm not even sure how they properly do it. Do they give prompts or do they write out lyrics and Mm. then the voice is synthesized to be like that person that was based off of? Like, for example, Alt-A made a edit on Jay-Z, and it's quite surprising how realistic it looks and how it sounds like him. So you were talking about... Yeah, Alte. Alte. I think that's how it's pronounced. Or maybe it's like Alta, but it's okay. It's called Savages and it's an AI version. Jay-Z is crazy good. If you know Jay-Z, then you know like how perfect it is. And so it just shows the innovation. Like They were debating on even if they could post it. If they were scared, like, are we going to get copyrighted? Like, is that even possible with it, this? Oh, yeah. Um, and nothing happened, but they were just worried about it. But it shows the innovation. So going back to last episode, we talked about the innovation of AI in the recent times and the competition that it brings. Yeah. So this is just like a byproduct of that. 
in that competition. And I'm so glad that we do have competition because it makes it so ChatGPT and Meta and Bard, they like make themselves constantly innovate and constantly innovate. So. As for how AI music works, I'm guessing you just feed the AI a bunch of samples of music and have it find patterns in it, like rhythm mm -hmm. and where vocals are usually placed, like how harmonies work. And I imagine it just figures it out by itself and then probably creates its own sample based on many samples. Yeah. I could see it. Just like, it like that. Yeah, just, just like, base. yeah, just like art. Like you, you have it figure out patterns and then it can work from there. Mm. That was our tech segment today, talking about ergonomics versus power and vocaloids yeah thanks for coming in Yippee. we have joaquin cole and tenetson and xander all right yay. yay yay we'll see you guys soon thursday see you next week yay <laughs>